Hello, mystical beings. Welcome to another episode of Mystic in the Hag. I'm Leah. And I'm Danielle. Today, we'll be talking about clairsentience. So we are going to be doing kind of this multi-part series about the different clairs, as we call them. Um, So things like clairvoyance, clairaudience, and today's topic, clairsentience. So to start, um, we'll be going through a list from thoughtcatalog.com called 25 Signs You May Be Clairsentient or Someone Who Feels Things Very Deeply. This will be very interesting. Yeah. I'm curious to see like what we tick off and what we don't. And this is will also probably give you a little bit more insight around like how maybe Lee and I like have our own Claire's and because I feel like we both really do feel like we're clairsentient in a lot of ways. Yeah. All right, let's get started. Let's get it started. So the first is you are very sensitive to your feelings. So the way that they describe it is you have a strong reactions to negative emotions and always seem to overthink situations that other people don't appear to be bothered by. Oh my god, you're laughing. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's too real. It's too real. <laughs> too real. I think that answer our question as in like, yes, yeah. <laughs> that is 100% me and you as well. Yeah. Overthinking situations all the time. Always looking at different types of possibilities that could happen or arise. Like that yeah. is what comes up for me. Totally. And just... Strong reactions to negative emotions. Number two? Yeah. Okay. You are very selective about who you spend your time with. So because there are only a handful of people who don't make you feel drained, exhausted, or otherwise inexplicably uncomfortable. Yeah. Here's my question. Have you always practiced this? Or did it take practice for you to figure out that you can't have that? Like, you can't hang out with certain people for for very long or have people in your life. I feel like it's always been around. I mean, part of it is because for a long time, being the weird kid, I was just, you know, excluded a little bit. Just kind of did my own thing. But I think that experience may have also just made me more aware that there were just other people I'd rather spend time with. Mm -hmm. But I think I'm definitely, the older I've gotten, the more I've felt the, the need to be around people that are kind of on a similar vibe. Growing up in a small town, I definitely felt like I needed to escape a lot. And I don't know if that's like being selective of who I want to hang out with, but I know that I wasn't able to handle like that community for a lot of different reasons for another time. As I kind of move through the world, I definitely know who I I can really continue a relationship with, knowing that my boundaries will be accepted. And if my boundaries are accepted, I feel like my world, like my group can be more expansive because then I can really figure out who I can give my energy towards versus other people. So number three, you can perceive the true root of people's problems immediately and clearly. People often call you their personal therapist or come to you for advice or help. I know people come to me for help, but Mm -hmm. I don't know if I really know the root of their problems. (laughs) I, yeah, I think 
I have a very different, unique experience because coming from like a social work background as like finishing a degree in social work, that has been something that has helped me to understand a lot of people's root of problems. However, I would never want to like, like I would never want to label that for somebody, you know? Yeah. I definitely think a part of my tarot reading is doing a lot of shadow work. Mm. And some of it is coming in and looking at some people's root problems or what's being blocking them to get to their whatever goal in life or however or whatever path they want but I think definitely as a child I had a bit more insight as to like what could have been going on for friends of mine Mm. and that could be just because I had older siblings but also I think this was something that I, I think led me to my social work degree is because people would come to me for help a lot and ask for it and it still happens like a lot of that continues to happen today do people still ask you today I feel like they do yeah for me also people just share things with me yeah so even if they aren't asking me for advice people just unload on me 100% and do you think that happens does that happen to you when people meet you for the first time, they just kind of like, oh, I feel like I know, I've know i known you forever, or I can tell you a lot of things. They don't necessarily say that entirely, but like when I was working at my last job, people would just unload on me and like just share a bunch of things. The older I've gotten, and also the more I've tapped into my own magic and everything, people share more with me, and also animals like me more generally. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. definitely. Yeah, I hear that with animals too. And maybe it's just a general, like, raising of your vibration. Like, people are just, can feel it even if they don't know what it is. And openness, I guess, too, and acceptance of that. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely have had where people have disclosed things that necessarily we would not, they would never have disclosed to people on the regular, I guess. Yeah. Number four, you're fascinated by things that are ancient or historical. When you visit places that have been inhabited for many years, you find yourself fascinated because you're feeling the layers and layers of energy that has been embedded there. Yeah. That is your jam. Yeah, that's 100% my jam. That is totally your jam. So for me, even if I go to like museums or you know, exhibits or, you know, places that have a lot of history, I definitely feel more drawn into the energy Mm. than I normally, but I would never just voluntarily, like, look shit up (laughs) that are regarding history. That's just my thing. I don't know where it comes from. I've just always been really drawn to history. I've never thought about it in those terms, but the idea of, like, there's a lot of energy there and things... I'm sure plays into it somehow. Yeah. (laughs) And when I'm in older places, I can definitely feel a shift in energy, even if I'm maybe naturally just guarding myself against any like spirits or anything that might be there. I can still feel the energy and it's always cool. Like it's a cool feeling. Yeah. (laughs) But it's also, I mean, the vibe of, somewhere that's just steeped in energy, has energetic spirits, um, whatever is going on, 
that type of energy is so different from being in a place with like the same number, same number of living people mm-hmm. as it maybe does dead people. Mm-hmm. I don't know what draws me to it specifically. I wonder if it's like the difference of the energy, like versus mm. living versus dead. Maybe. Is that too morbid? No. Okay. I mean, I think dead people are great. <laughs> <laughs> dead people are great. <laughs> wild <laughs> i mean some of them i have been like the most chill but generally they're fine usually they're chill yeah usually usually i think okay number five you have an extraordinary ability to empathize to the point you can even put yourself in the mindset of people whom you disagree with strongly or who have hurt you in the past in this you can find true healing and compassion yeah but do you feel like you can find true healing sometimes through it, even though you can empathize? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. Yeah, because, like, I definitely know I can empathize with people. And yeah. And more so just feel the energy of someone in pain and, like, understand it. Yeah. But as for finding healing through it, I don't know. I agree. Like, I'm very much similar to you. Like, I can definitely empathize. Or, like... Uh, maybe even understand like someone's different like ideologies however my area size is like fuck them like in a lot of ways (laughs) and like no I do not agree with you but I can empathize and totally understand it (laughs) in that way but having empathy has always been there for me I think it's really hard for me to understand how people may not have empathy. Yeah. Like, I don't get it. How can you just not care sometimes? I mean, if someone's an actual psychopath, I get it. It's yes. It's a medical thing. Yes. But for people, I feel like a lot of people just genuinely just don't want to be empathetic or something. They don't want to relate on that level. Is it because... There's too much energy that goes with it. I just don't understand, like, the refusal and the resistance of it. It is weird. So weird. Like, why wouldn't you care about... Ah, I don't get that. All right, number six. Even though you keep your inner circle small, you're a social butterfly and can seem to charm just about anyone you meet. This is because you can perceive how they would best connect or resonate with you. I know that people just seem to be drawn to me sometimes, but I'm definitely that introverted, leave me alone kind of. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I can relate to understanding how they would best resonate with me. I don't, or connect with me. Although I have done education in the past where I've had to like create workshops and things like Mm -hmm. that. And I've had to learn how to connect with audiences. But I think that's just, like, a skill you learn, that it is, like, an inherent thing. I am, my parents, my family would all agree, and, like, I definitely am a social butterfly. Mm. But that's because I just enjoy people. (laughs) (laughs) But it doesn't necessarily mean that I want to be around people all the time. Like, I could spend a week by myself, and I wouldn't care to see anyone. Yeah. 
I don't know about you. Do you, like, need to see people sometimes? No. And I always find it so difficult to engage with people. Like, I basically have to put myself in a totally different, like, persona or mindset Mm. or whatever to... Mm -hmm. And I can do that, and it's definitely a facet of who I am. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't come naturally to me, and it's exhausting. (laughs) It is exhausting. Number seven, you have always struggled with your emotions in life. You've had to learn how to not let your feelings totally engulf you because at times they do. (laughs) I think that's that's a hit. That hit me hard. That makes you just want to start crying. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Being cancer rising is really hard. Um, Killing me this month. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, I definitely think sometimes my feelings do engulf me, but I think that can be a lot of it, but could be depending on my own mental health at the time. I don't mind leaning into the sadness sometimes. I don't know about you, but it doesn't bother me. Like, it's hard, but I think it's part of the cycle of how I need to cope, or Mm -hmm. I don't know about you. Um, I think I used to shy away from feeling emotional or feeling sadness especially but now I'm kind of at a point where with any emotions I feel mm-hmm. I feel them all so strongly same sadness I think is the most sadness and anger are the most evident <laughs> yes <laughs> when I'm mad about something I'm super mad about it <laughs> yeah <me too. laughs> I guess we don't give enough credit to more positive emotions those mm. are we discredit it a lot or don't recognize them like we don't give it as much credit as if sadness takes over you or anger takes over you and definitely have been called moody sometimes i think my siblings would call me moody when i'm in those moods it's not like i don't want to be in those moods i'm trying especially if i'm grumpy like i'm trying to get over it i am like really Especially if my sisters are hearing this and my brother probably. Like I am trying to get out of those grumpy moods if you hear me. I am like crawling and like I don't know how to change my mindset sometimes. But I think that's pretty natural. Yeah. However, I do think there are people who are not as emotional or in tune with their feelings to like really, I don't know, like label them. Or yeah. recognize it, or don't want to, or totally. don't recognize the positive or something. In general, so many emotions have been kind of demonized, where it's like mm-hmm. if you feel certain things that aren't X, Y, Z, then there's some kind of deficiency or something. Something like clearly must be out of whack if you're feeling so angry or so sad or whatever, even though those are just all emotions. Exactly. And they all have their validity in how we exist. Exactly. Number eight, (laughs) you become uncomfortable in cluttered, dark spaces and always gravitate towards areas that are naturally bright and airy. This is because you can perceive the vibration in a given area and understand that the darker and more crowded it is, the heavier the energy is. I know that the spaces I create for myself are usually brighter and like mm-hmm. more minimal or whatever, but I mm-hmm. never really thought about why. <laughs> Me neither. It's just, I also like aesthetically like brighter, lighter, minimalist areas. 
I do know, though, and this is also just like a mental health thing. If I have an organized space or clean space, then I feel like I can think better and cope better. Mm -hmm. But I never really put it as related to being an empath. Yeah, I've never really connected the two. Number nine, you're not only a deep feeler, you also are a deep thinker. You are constantly theorizing about why things happen and what their ultimate purpose could be. Yeah. Oh god, yeah, that's me. Yeah. (laughs) I think I overthink everything. Same. And definitely deep feeling into it. It, To the point where it's like, okay, like... But I I think that's just how I need to work it out Mm -hmm. in my mind or in my body, I guess. I need to get to that place to understand it. Yeah. Number 10, you likely utilize claircognizance along with your clairsentience. Once you've picked up on the feeling or vibration of a person, place, or situation, you also use clear thinking to discern what's really happening or any important information that you need to know. So it's like you're using your, you're picking up the vibration and then you're using it to, and then like with that, you're then thinking about it to decide what's important or something. But like, yeah. I mean, obviously. I think so too. <laughs> I think, yeah. Fuck that song. I can't do real. I don't know. Yeah, I don't like that one. That's. Yeah. I don't know. I don't get that one. Okay, number 11. You understand that everyone and everything alive is inherently an energy field. And that the way people control, process, and use their energy creates their feeling state. Therefore, you're very careful about what you say and what you do. Kind of. Like, I try to be mindful of my impact on things and other people. Mm -hmm. But I'm also aware of the fact that I can't, like, control other people's or other things' reactions to me. Exactly. I think that you can always be... Yeah, mindful and cautious and, like, but the reality is if you fuck up, you have to, like, own your impact, right? Yeah. There's a difference of being, like, a shitty human versus just (laughs) being, like, all right, I made a mistake, you know, and recognizing that and and not walking all over people. Yeah. You know, that's a given. Yeah. Yeah. Some of these are just starting to sound like... You're just a pretty normal, level-headed human being. (laughs) Exactly, which is making me really worried about humanity, if this is supposed to be, like... If this is a a special talent (laughs) or, like, gift, it's like... Okay. (laughs) I just thought this was basic morality. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Okay, number 12. Sometimes you'll have strong feelings that are triggered by small, seemingly unimportant things. This means that you're becoming aware of trauma of a trauma point that needs to be healed. Most people are able to just ignore those discomforts as they arise, but because you cannot, you're forced to heal them and learn from them. I feel like this is a very trauma-informed question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like you can't control whether or not you're going to be triggered yeah. by past experience. Maybe if we're going to expand on it, sometimes you can be triggered by, like, a past life from a past Mm -hmm. life or a feeling that you've never experienced before 
But that doesn't have to do with trauma healing. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, that doesn't feel like trauma very... That's not trauma-informed. Number 13. <laughs> Let's just bypass that question. And we'll see how these questions go, and then hopefully they're chill. You have an abundance of wisdom given your age. You know more about the world that you have intellectually processed, and that's because you learn best by intuiting things. I think so. Yeah, I do think so too. Yeah. And I don't know if it's necessarily by age or, I don't know. This is to me a little bit of a mixed bag. Like it definitely has to do with how you grew up and your environmental factors of whether or not like, you know, you've had to grow up faster than maybe a lot of people at your age at a certain point. So I definitely want to acknowledge that piece. However, I do still think that there is some intuitive knowing Mm-hmm. that you can't pin on. I know I can't sometimes. And I think sometimes it's also kind of that connection to like past lives mm-hmm. or your Akashic records mm-hmm. or anything and being able to interact with that. Yeah. Will give you that kind of even perceived wisdom. Mm-hmm. And especially with like guides or anything like that or whoever yeah. you're connecting to. Because sometimes when you're younger, you don't even know where you're getting that information from. You don't even, you can't even distinguish that it's actually not you. It's another experience that you're experiencing at that time. Mm-hmm. Number 14, you are somewhat ahead of your time in that you have understood quantum or spiritual concepts long before other people began to realize the significance of, and impact of them. I mean, I'm a tastemaker, so I just think things are cool before other people catch on. So I don't know if that counts. <laughs> I think it does. I think so. I think it does count. I also think that, I don't know if I necessarily maybe am this, but I think that activism can be a part of it. Mm, yeah. Um. So, you know... Sometimes I think that has to do with maybe a little bit of like my activist like piece of my life, and especially now seeing people kind of like awaken to that, mm-hmm. which is interesting to me. Um, but spiritual concepts, I mean, that's not, I'm not creating anything, no, that isn't new. Maybe that's not really what they're saying, but... I definitely don't think I understand certain things before other people, spiritually or on a quantum level or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe relaying messages. Maybe. But that doesn't necessarily... Hope doesn't necessarily mean I'm ahead of my time. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Number 15. Growing up, you always knew that you were different. You had an active and vivid imagination and seemed to think and behave in a way that was sort of foreign to your peers and family. Yep. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. I'm still that person. (laughs) Yeah, same. What's one thing that comes to mind for you when you think about in your growing up, how you differentiated yourself? I think it was just very evident that 
So I was the youngest child. So because of that, I didn't really learn how to communicate until I was a lot older. Like, I just had weird communication skills that, like, I'm sure made my parents super worried about me. (laughs) 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 Um, But because of that, like, I'd find just, like, other ways to express myself and, like, communicate. And then because I was just kind of always off doing my own thing, Mm -hmm. it just made it really clear to me that like I'd always be different in some way and I struck definitely struggled with it Mm -hmm. but it was kind of this thing that even if I wanted to change it there was no inclination or desire to it's just like well this is who I am Mm -hmm. I'm not just going to change myself for other people's perceptions yeah and I definitely actively like leaned into it in a lot of ways too Mm -hmm. I wanted to continue to be different because I don't know there was like resistance in like the way that I grew up and like where I grew up um and and did not want to continue that cycle of what that community expected Mm -hmm. us to bring and yeah I was definitely actively really wanting to protest in some ways (laughs) in a lot of ways but like also like the fact is like if I was going to bring any of like my witchy side or like my spiritual side into it yeah I definitely knew like there was something different about me the fact is like my best pals will know this especially two of my best pals who I grew up with they knew that I always thought ghosts or talked about ghosts or like spiritual sides around that or even like my house that I grew up in even you know like my parents didn't really like believe that there were ghosts in my house and I would be actively talking about it like I would be having wild dreams about witches too and I would be like no witches allowed into my room (laughs) and post those things and like really adamant that I was seeing ghosts and like there were like things that were happening and my parents denying it even my sisters kind of denied it but my brother totally leaned into it and my two best pals also leaned into it so there was definitely some wildness and like even the resistance of like the way people's belief systems, um, growing up in, like, a very Mennonite community, um, and also, like, a Catholic, the Catholic Church, like, recognizing there were pieces that could be held in my belief systems, but then also recognizing, like, this isn't how we should be participating in life with like Mm, using those things (laughs) so yeah definitely always had some big feelings about things and also just kind of being an Aries too being an Aries child was really hard was that hard for you I think so and I think part of it is like you know how Aries are supposed to be leaders yeah recently I've realized that it's not necessarily that I'm a leader but I'm just not a follower yeah which can make it hard for a lot of people Mm -hmm. but then it's like well no I'm just wanting to be true to myself and Mm -hmm. go this way I don't want to go the same way that everyone else is exactly but that can also like that doesn't jive with everyone (laughs) it doesn't and it's like makes things complicated and then people question you a lot Mm -hmm. yeah or like question your authenticity or who you are like it's just yeah 
It's yeah. wild. Number 16. So if you are introverted, there is a good chance that it could be because you are actually a wounded extrovert. You are so sensitive to others, people's feelings, motivations, and actions that you can often find yourself hurt enough that you realize it is important to have clear boundaries. I think we talked about this one a little bit. Did we? Well, we talked, wasn't it about like earlier around, they talked about like selecting who you are a part of your Oh, yeah. Yeah, a group or something like that. But like, I feel this so much. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, tell me. (laughs) So when I was younger, like I was like just an extrovert. I wanted like the best for everyone. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to like raise up everyone around me. Mm -hmm. But because I was such a weird kid, that like made me vulnerable to like people picking on me or whatever. Even though it's like, I just wanted the best for everyone. Yeah. So then like the older I got, the more that like I just like kind of went inward yeah. Because it's like, well, if I'm just alone, protect myself, then I can't get hurt by other people if I'm just, like, alone or with, like, okay. a couple people that I can actually trust. Yeah. That one hit you hard, eh? <laughs> That was, a, I think that was, like, kind of, like, the opposite to me. Like, I definitely experienced bullying as well when I grew up, like, growing up. And just feeling I couldn't connect with anyone. Like, that's was a feeling of not being able to connect because I had so many feelings. But I think I actually went the other way. Like, I felt like I needed to not... I didn't have boundaries for a really long time or tried to figure mm-hmm. out what they were. Or Yeah, growing up, that never really happened, but more so now, mm-hmm. I think. All right, number 17. If you are extroverted, you are highly sensitive extrovert you can only be engaged with other people for so long and you really thrive when you're with a group of people who you know and trust best i'm not an extrovert at all (laughs) i am definitely i i think i oh as i get older i'm not as much as an extrovert because i do appreciate more meaningful relationships and more in-depth relationships Mm -hmm. In connection is important. Totally. I mean, humans are social animals. We're meant to have our groups and have our chosen or true families or whatever. Exactly. And I think when you get into the spiritual journey, it comes maybe not for other folks, but for me, as I grew into the spiritual journey more and more, I think it just, I also didn't want to hide a part of who I am. Mm-hmm. And if I have friends who aren't a part of the spiritual journey, that's fine. But at least they respect and listen to it, right? Yeah. And are open to it. Number 18, you've had unexplainable spiritual or religious experiences in your life in which you were exposed to the truth about the universe and why we are alive in it. I don't know if I've had experiences that have led to me to a truth about the universe, per se. Mm-hmm. I mean... I haven't either, but I did have, like, a shared dream with my mom. That's cool. I know. It was weird. But it was about the end of the world. So I don't know if it's just being Catholic and then being religious, but... It's not a chill dream. It was not a chill dream. <laughs> but I definitely have had shared dreams with my mom. Spirituality has always been something that has always been cha- like talked about in my home and in the purpose of life and the meaning of life, I guess. So to me, it doesn't really feel any different. I definitely feel like 
as I practice tarot, though, I become more and more understanding of what the universe wants from us. The paranormal experiences I've had have done more for me in terms of shifting my perception mm-hmm. more than anything. Like, mm-hmm. I haven't had any like, wild awakenings or anything. It's just things have kind of fallen into place where I needed to be aware of them. Yeah. And I think that's part of it, right? You're being yeah. led down a path. Mm-hmm. Number 19, you can intuit immediate judgments about people that almost always turn out to be correct. That sounds so rude. <laughs> <laughs> Why is it rude? It's like you can make judgments that are true. It's not like the wording. That's I true. get what they're saying. But yeah. I don't know. I can usually just like get the vibe of someone and know whether or not I'm going to be on the same page as them. It's not really... A judgment, I'd say. I agree. It's not a judgment. It's more of an intuitive knowing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in the same boat. I think I have, like, a pretty good judgment around people most of the time. Any times that I'm surprised, it's because there's, like, an underlying factor. Something's going on with them personally that, you know, interferes Mm -hmm. with, like, what's happening for them and how they're coming across. Number 20, you never trust what you are told or what you see on the surface. Sorry, I'm laughing at this one. You trust what you feel. This applies to everything from jobs to partners. You can read them in ways that they probably can't even understand themselves. I feel like I feel this in some ways, at least in like an anti-authoritarian kind of way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I don't, I, I generally... Don't just believe everything I see. But, I mean, I think that just also comes with critical thinking. Yeah, I agree. I'm in the same boat. I definitely don't trust everything that I see. It's interesting. This applies to everything from jobs to partners. I don't know. I hope I would never want to be questioning a partner all the time. Like, that doesn't really feel... Then what's the point? You are supposed to be number 19, you're into it, immediate judgments of other people. So, yeah. like, wouldn't you be, you know? Why were your first judgments <laughs> so failed? <laughs> exactly, that you're questioning your partner all the time. I mean, like, I think there's maybe that level where you can be comfortable enough with your partner to speak to them on, like, a base level, maybe separate from emo- the emotional mm-hmm. connection and truly communicate with them. But I don't think that's a questioning thing. I agree. That's questioning kind of like... It sounds hostile. Yeah. and Yeah, 100%. I definitely have questioned jobs, though, for sure. Yeah. But, like, it's not coming from a hostile place. It's just legitimately wanting to know the process of things, which then is viewed as being a hostile thing because we're such in an authoritarian, like, structure in our draw our job sectors like it it bothers i don't know yeah i have like feelings about it (laughs) (laughs) but i know what you mean because sometimes you're just genuine i mean it's like anything jobs or whatever where you're just genuinely curious about Mm -hmm. why something's working the way it is yeah or why someone's doing what the way they're doing it but sometimes people just yeah take it from the wrong direction Mm -hmm. but I also think that comes down to also being female identified 
Yeah, that is also something that people don't like hearing from. Yeah, people don't like it when people, like, and women question things. Yeah. (laughs) Never do they like it. Yeah, they've never been fans. No, and even from other, like, femme-identified and women-identified folks don't like being questioned either in, like, job sectors. That's so ingrained patriarchy. Fuck that. Yeah. (laughs) Ah, shit. Number 21, you have very strong reactions whenever something is going wrong. This may make you think that you're a perfectionist. However, you are also capable of experiencing bliss, joy, and complete empowerment. This is all because you are so hyper-attuned to your emotional experience that you can take whatever is happening and run with it. I feel this in some ways. I definitely think that when I'm completing something or I'm taking forever or, you know, go not going as planned, I definitely think about it as being a perfectionist for sure. But I think that's just being so in tune to leaning into the waves of emotions that we all experience too, right? And I guess that's what they're saying. So yeah, I kind of, I kind of feel it. I don't know if I do or not. This one I have to think about more... I get it. I don't know how deeply it resonates. Yeah, I think I can understand it too. Number 22, you can clearly perceive people's true intentions. It is immediately apparent to you why people are behaving a certain way or if they have ulterior motives. Kind of. Yeah, me too. Like, I don't know if that's my strongest suit. I think you can definitely, I definitely can tell when someone's not being genuine. And I can see where people are really praising someone Mm. or just really in awe of other people. And I just don't, I can't get behind it. Yeah. I don't think that it's real. And I see that also in our community in itself, in the Mm -hmm. spiritual community as well, where people aren't being genuine. And you can see that. Yeah. Have you ever been like shocked by you thought somebody was being genuine and then they were not i feel like i have i can't think of any specific examples probably because i'm sure i stopped following them or something and just <laughs> cut them out of my life i know <laughs> that's what we do aries yeah. we really cut people out eh? like, yeah i definitely have been blindsided by their like true intentions Okay, number 23, you understand that the pain you have felt in your life has been a gift. It has inspired and motivated you to expand, grow, and become someone you never would have dreamed you could be. You do not condemn one feeling over another. You simply ask it, what do you need to tell me? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's tricky just because... Whenever I see things like that, it's kind of like the everything happens for a reason. Yeah, which I don't agree with at all. Yeah, where it's like, that's not really sympathetic to everyone's experience. And especially to people's trauma experiences. Exactly. Right? People get to take it and learn from their experiences however they want. Yeah. I definitely have leaned into certain experiences that are, like, impactful or negative and... I've tried to, like, empower myself through that to feel like, okay, like, there is reason, not reason behind it, but that there was growth behind it. Do I agree, like, it was necessary for those things to happen? 
no, but, <laughs> but I do think that for me, I, for my healing, I needed to do it, mm-hmm. but that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm an empath, clairsentient because of it. Yeah. Okay. Number 24, you feel a strong connection with energies and spirits that are non-physical. This can manifest as a need to spend a lot of time in nature or waking up in the middle of the night and sensing another presence in the room. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I I mean, I live with ghosts. You live with ghosts. I've always lived with the ghost. Our guides, my guides, I don't know about you, if you, you identify with having guides, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or like deities or whoever, architects, yeah. like, right? Like, yeah. And I think that has always been a, a thing mm-hmm. for me. Same. Yeah. Do you ever wake up in the middle of the night with a, with a presence? Not in a long time. There was like a couple times where it was like a sleep paralysis kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't the most fun thing ever. Mm-hmm. And one time, not too long ago, I think something pulled my foot while I was sleeping. Okay. But things like that I've never really seen like, other than sleep paralysis, I've never seen like a being. I can sense things in my room sometimes. Yeah. They usually don't hang out in my room. When I was younger, I had more being able to see. Because as I got older, it was pretty hard for me when I was younger. I was seeing a lot of ghosts and I was seeing a lot of spirits. It was really hard for me to sleep at night. And then I kind of just like asked to shut it off. Kind of not not sensing presence of like ghosts or spirits or whatever you want to call them. But more about the visual piece. I just, I need to just sleep. And also, I didn't want to be scared all the time. Yeah. I still, like, see things now more so. It's more around physical presence, for sure, or them making noises. And number 25, you feel a deep calling to help people. You can sense that people are suffering needlessly, and you feel that your life mission is, in some way, to help them become more self-aware and transcend their pain. I feel like it's not necessarily that I feel called to help people. Mm-hmm. It's just things keep pushing me towards it. Yeah. Where, which I, I accept that and respect that. Yeah. I definitely had a calling, I think. Yeah. I think I always knew in high school that I wanted to help people in some way. And that's why I went into social work mm-hmm. for those reasons. And then... As I get out of social work, I definitely knew that I wanted to support people in a different way. And I guess that's why I continue to read tarot for folks or why I read tarot for folks. Why I'm so interested in shadow work and supporting people through that. Yeah, I definitely feel like a call to it. Whether or not, again, like, is that a deep feeling or is it just kind of like one of those things where you're really good at this. Here you go. (laughs) You know? (laughs) like, Or, hey... Like you said, like being shoved towards it. Cool. So I think what we learned is we're probably clairsentient. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not that ones. How did you feel about this weird some checklist? Of, some of them weren't the best, and I feel like it could have been a lot shorter. Honestly. <laughs> no. Some of them I don't think that they have to do with clairsentience no. at all, like human. Yeah. But then I'm curious if we're wrong. Yeah. And that the listeners are going to say, no, I don't have all these things. Or no one feels that. Yeah. What? Yeah. But I'm also curious to see how many people are like, hell yes. Yeah. Because I feel like 
there's a lot of clairsentience out there. Mm-hmm. And I think that happens when you lean into this journey of spirituality and going into your gifts and your intuition and growing into it. You'll start connecting with people who are in the same boat. Yeah. And who have the same feelings, even though they may not identify as being a spiritual person or intuitive person. Yeah. And with a lot of things on this list, it could be a checklist for empaths as well. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure that a lot of people who identify as empaths would also resonate with this list. 100%. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Very much so. But I feel like there's often a separation between clairsentience and empath, even though they're... I don't get it. I don't think there needs to be. I feel like they're the same thing. Yeah. Somebody proved me wrong. Yeah. (laughs) I'm curious to hear why they're different because I don't feel like they're different. Yeah. But if they are um, questions, critiques, comments, let us know. All right. Well, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Mystic in the Hag. We'll come to you again soon with more Claire's. Until then, um, take care, mystical beings, and we'll see you next time. Bye. (laughs) Bye. Bye.